Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Abram was a man of war, a conqueror. His nephew Lot had been captured, taken as a prisoner, and when Abram received the news, he set out to rescue him. And after a long journey, his much smaller force had surprised the larger army by night and routed them. Abram was victorious, his nephew Lot was freed and returned to his home. And after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram. In a vision, God spoke to Abram and he said this, your reward shall be very great. God promises a gift. He promises an exceptional gift. But instead of being grateful, instead of showing appreciation, Abram asks a question, an honest question, a straight from the heart question. It's a question that reveals his struggles, his pain, his uncertainty. Listen to part two of part of verse, verse two again. Oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. In other words, Abram asks, Lord, what good is a reward? What good is a great reward if I have no child to pass it on to? Right now my heir is a servant. What kind of future is that? And what about the future that you promised? Remember, God had already promised to make Abram into a great nation. God had already promised that the land of Canaan would belong to Abram's descendants, but he was still childless. Blessed, yes. Wealthy, yes. Respected, yes. But no child. And he wasn't getting any younger. And his wife wasn't getting any younger. It already seemed impossible. And now God makes another promise, a, a reward. So, so Abram asks the question, an honest question, a from the heart question, a question that reveals his struggles. And so can you ask the Lord when you wonder, when you, when you struggle, when you are uncertain, ask, ask him in prayer, ask him in faith. Will he answer you? Yes. But don't expect an immediate answer. Don't, don't expect a, a vision. Search his word. Search the scriptures for an answer. Seek, seek wise counsel from those experienced in the faith. And, and, and remember, the answer may not be what you want but he will answer. The Lord answered, Abram, your very own son shall be your heir. Abram will have a son. Sarai will conceive. God's promise is still the same. God's promise is still true, as impossible as it seemed to Abram. It's true, but Abram needed a reminder. Abram needed assurance and the truth is, so do we. Why? 
because we forget. And it's not just that we forget, but there are other words, there are other voices that speak to you every single day, every single hour, whether it's the people around you or whether it's media or whether it's entertainment or whether it's your own feelings. These other words, these other voices seek your attention. They seek to tell you who you are, how you should live, how you should order your life, what your priorities in life should be, what you should value. Some are true and many are not. But in the midst of the messages, in the midst of the noise, it's easy to forget the truth, the gospel, the truth that you are a sinner. You're a sinner separated from God, alienated from God. You are an enemy of God, deserving death and hell. But God showing his steadfast love, God showing his mercy has come to you in person. In Jesus Christ. And he died in your place. He died as your substitute. He took upon himself your sin. And through his death and through his resurrection, you are a forgiven sinner. No longer separated, no longer alienated, no longer an enemy. You're now a child. You're now an heir loved by your heavenly father. And you are promised great reward. And that reward is eternal life. Forever life life after death life with your father. Now this good news, this, this promise, this truth can get lost in the noise. You can forget or you can question or you can wonder, but God speaks to you and he speaks to you through his word to remind you and to reassure you. And beloved, that's one of the main reasons that God desires us to gather together weekly. To gather together weekly and worship so that we can hear his word over and over and over again. So that we can be reminded over and over again that no matter what you've heard, no matter how you've struggled, that you are a child of the living God through Jesus Christ. The Lord answered Abram. Your very own son shall be your heir. And then God gives Abram a sign. A sign of the promise. A sign that he can see. A sign that can remind him of God's word. A sign to help him to remember God's promise. The Lord took Abram outside. He took him out of his tent, out of his home, and told him to look up. Look up into the night, into the sky. Look at the stars. You've, you've seen it. A clear night away from the city, away from the lights, where you looked up and you had to catch your breath. You had to catch your breath at the sheer beauty. You had to catch your breath at the sheer number. You can't count them. And neither could Abram. And then the Lord said, so shall your offspring be. 
And now, now every clear night served as a reminder of God's promise. Every time Abram looked up into the night sky, he saw the sign. God has given you signs. Signs that you can see. Signs that you can touch. Water. Bread. Wine. Baptism. The Lord's Supper. Sign of God's grace. Signs to remind you of God's word. Signs to help you to remember God's promises given through Jesus Christ. Abram heard God's word. Abram saw the sign. And verse 6 shows his response. Listen, listen again to verse 6. This is, this is one of the most important verses in all of Scripture. Genesis 15, 6. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abram believed. Abram trusted. He believed God's word. He trusted God's promise. In other words, faith. Abram had faith. And the Lord counted it to him, reckoned it to him as righteousness. In other words, Abram was right in God's eyes because of his faith. Abram had right standing before the Lord because of his faith. And this, this is how anyone has ever been righteous before God. This is how anyone has ever been right before God, faith. Faith alone. This is Paul's message in our New Testament reading from Romans. Now, Paul says, if you work, you're due wages. If you work, you're owed payment. But righteousness is a gift. Righteousness only comes as a gift. It's not due, meaning you can't earn righteousness. You, you, you can't do enough good deeds to be right before God, to, be, to, to have right standing before him. Why? Because you're a sinner. And even your good deeds are tainted by your sin. Righteousness is given. Righteousness is a gift to those who believe. And you have heard God's promises in Jesus Christ. You've heard the gospel. Do you believe? If, if so, then God counts it to you as righteousness. If so, then you are right before God, justified by faith. And you're not only a child of God, but you're also a child of Abraham. You're also a descendant of Abraham by faith. You are one of the stars that Abram saw when God told him to look up into the night sky. Abram believed. Then the Lord spoke to him again. The Lord reminds Abram of another promise, the promise of land. And once again, Abram asks a question. He asks an honest question, a straight from the heart question. Oh, Lord God, how am I to know that I'll possess it? 
And once again, the Lord answers Abram. And this is where the passage takes a strange turn. Animals start getting cut in half. A, a floating torch passes by. What is going on here? Verse 18 tells us. Verse 18 summarizes these strange occurrences. Listen to that verse again. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. And literally, the Hebrew is, the Lord cut a covenant with Abram. This ceremony, the cutting the animals in half, is God officially making a covenant with Abram. Now, a covenant is an agreement. It's a bond, but it's an agreement. It's a bond that points to a relationship. That's the heart of what a covenant is, a relationship. Throughout the scriptures, God makes covenant with his people here, God cuts a covenant with Abram. Cutting, referring to the animals being cut in half. Cutting, referring to the depth and the commitment of the bond of the covenant. It's a bond that's set in blood. So what's the ceremony? It's a ceremony that Abram would have probably been familiar with, comfortable with, perhaps seen a number of times, and that was a treaty an agreement between two sets of people. Particularly treaties called suzerain vassal treaties. Suzerain vassal treaties. These were agreements in the ancient world between a suzerain, a great king or an emperor, and a vassal, a lesser king or a lesser nation. Here is an example of how it would work. So let's say there's a smaller nation on the outskirts of a larger empire. The smaller nation doesn't have a large military. The smaller nation could barely defend itself if it was attacked. So the king of the smaller nation turns to the emperor of the larger nation for protection. The lesser king, the vassal, turns to the greater king, the suzerain, for protection. In doing so, they enter a covenant. The smaller nation becomes the people of the emperor. The emperor adopts them. He is their suzerain. They are his vassals. Now, the lesser king may continue to rule, but he rules now as an agent of the emperor. And the suzerain promises protection for his new people. Now, these treaties, these covenants, were not just a legal obligation. They were that, but there was real affection in these covenants. There was real devotion in these covenants, especially if the greater king, the suzerain, had saved the smaller nation. The suzerain was not only obeyed, but loved. He was not only feared, but revered. And there were public ceremonies to confirm such covenants. Public ceremonies to seal this treaty, to put it into effect, to make it official, and one was to cut animals in half. Then to make a walkway, a path between the halved animals. And then the suzerain and the vassal, the greater king and the lesser king walked the path. They walked between the animals cut in two. It is as if they were saying, if we break this covenant that we are entering into, then let the same thing happen to us. If this covenant that we cut is broken, may we be like these animals. May we suffer death. This is what's happening in our passage today. 
The Lord God is the suzerain. The Lord God is the sovereign. And Abram is the vassal. The Lord God has called Abram, chosen Abram, give promises to, to Abram, pledged to be the shield of Abram. And then he tells Abram to get some animals. The covenant will be cut. The covenant will be ratified. So Abram cuts the animals in half. Abram prepares a path. And then the unexpected happens. The unforeseen occurs. Abram falls into a deep sleep. And in this deep sleep, he sees a vision. Listen to verse 17 again. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. What does this mean? It means this. God alone passes between the animals. It means this, the creator of heaven and earth, represented by a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch, pass between the animals. The invisible God, the God that no eye has seen, passes through the animals holding a torch and a smoking fire pot. Abram does not. The Lord takes upon himself the full weight of the covenant. God has pledged himself to death in this covenant. This means that God has bound himself to Abram, bound himself to his promises, pledged himself to his bond in blood. He has bound himself to this covenant. In other words, it's all on God. God takes it all on himself. This is grace. God establishes the covenant. He guarantees the covenant. He is faithful to the covenant. And the promise given to Abram would come to pass. The promise of land. Only Abram wouldn't see it. Generations later, after they were slaves 400 years in Egypt, Abram's descendants would inherit the land. Now, this was not the last time that God would be willing to take it all on himself. This is not the last time that God will make covenant with his people. This is not the last covenant of grace that God has made. He has done so in Jesus. The sovereign Lord of heaven and earth descended. He has come to us, come to us in Jesus to make covenant with us, to make covenant with you. And in this covenant, he promises to be your God. He promises to be your Lord. He promises to be your sovereign. He promises you forgiveness. He promises you life. But this covenant is a bit different than Abram's. He didn't cut animals in half for this covenant. The blood of animals were not shed for this covenant. No, his own body was broken for this covenant. His own blood was shed for this covenant. His own death guarantees this covenant. God takes it all on himself. All on himself in Jesus. The full weight of this covenant that he opens up with you and makes with you is on God through Jesus Christ. God secures these promises in Jesus. God guarantees these promises in Jesus, and he offers them to you. Do you believe?
do you believe? And no matter how dark the world seems, no matter how dark your life appears, no matter what you are facing, no matter what you fear, God has cut this covenant with you and he will keep it. He will keep you. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 